Five, four, three, two, one. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Gold Rush Show. I'm Christy Francesco, and my oh my, um, this is not going to be the show that I had originally thought it was going to be. Um, we will eventually get to some Purdy and Trey Lance, and now we add Sam Darnold into that talk. We will get into that, but. Let me introduce the man of the hour here. He is the co-host of the Niners Lounge podcast. He's my good buddy here, Ronnie Niner. What's going on, brother? Yo, what's up, man? Glad to be back. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And we were just talking right before I hit record. And most of us as Niner fans know that the 49ers don't do things at a snap of a finger. Like, you know, when it comes to contracts. They'll wait until August, like training camp. Like we all assume Nick Bosa will get paid in August, like July, August area. Um, but when it comes to free agency, we all know the cap situation. Uh, and we we didn't think that there was going to be any big splashes with the Niners. We were all hoping they were going to find some good pieces here and there to fill some of their, their needs on the defensive line uh, or maybe the offensive line. They were going to, you know, piece things together with guys that they can, you know, be interchangeable. Then they come out of nowhere at like 12.15 Eastern time when free agency is allowed to, to really kick off. And they get Javon Hargraves. Probably, I think Pro Football Focus had him as the fifth best available unrestricted free agent this offseason. And the Niners got him, bro. Four years, $84 million, $40 million right at signing of that paper. Uh, what was your thoughts as soon as you saw that come through? Oh, dude, that was huge. Um, I looked down at my chat with my buddies, and I believe my buddy TJ uh, texted it out. I was trying to stay away from Twitter, but <laughs> when I saw the name, I almost fell out of my chair. Um, <laughs> like you indicated earlier, we're not really known to make big splash moves early in free agency. Mm-hmm. And it's quite a change from last year, as we all know. You know, they got a little bit of criticism for... Um, kind of budgeting with who they went out and got. But if you really pay close attention earlier um, this year, they were they were talking to some key players to maybe restructure um, mm-hmm. and make some room. So we kind of got an idea, mm-hmm. but I had no idea it was Hargraves. And to me, that was just – it was a splashy move. I absolutely love it. Um, yeah, phenomenal. Yeah, and the thing is, and what I was saying to you again before, and, and I'll bring it up here, is I live about 15 minutes outside of Philadelphia. So when, I, when I'm when i not watching the Niners, you know, at 4 o'clock, usually on, on my time, I watch the Eagles at 1 o'clock because that's what's on my television, and that's the, the feed that I get. And I was just trying to, you know, to let Ron know that this dude's got a motor, and he moves bodies. And what's most important about this guy is something that, that the Niners haven't had with 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 Kinlaw is that Hargraves does not miss football games. Uh, the dude out of a possible 48 games, he he played 44 in the last three years with the Eagles. Um, and he's coming off, you know, three of possibly his best seasons yet. Uh, the previous two years, he had a career high 11 sacks this season. Uh, he had seven and a half last year. He made the Pro Bowl. Uh, it's like this dude's just getting started. He's 30 years old, but my goodness, he seems that he takes care of himself because he stays on the field. And another important thing is 
when the fourth quarter rolls around, he's not gassed out. He's out on that field and he's making plays, man. And I think this is just just a mega, mega improvement with Eric Armstead and Bosa on that line. And the Niners really needed that 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 other guy that can um you know get to the quarterback other than Bosa. And gosh, if Armstead can get back a little bit to what he was a couple years ago by staying healthy, um, man, I this D line is gonna be it, it's amazing how the number one defense in football just got better right just when you didn't think um i don't know i mean you hit on everything the only thing <laughs> that i can add to that was that position's kind of been like that i don't know it's kind of that sore thumb that stuck out since the buckner trade and yeah. how fans kind of sat there and they haven't been you know kinlaw we drafted kinlaw and we kind of kind of made a mistake if you will you know yeah. and letting buckner go and a lot of can people a lot of people have uh you know valid points when it comes to buckner so i'm glad we can finally you know put that behind us and this is a step in the direction for us to finally figure out the d tackle position so i'm excited yeah and like so according to 49ers access here the, the four-year deal um, is 84 million that's a 23 million dollar signing bonus 40 million dollars in guarantees uh, there's two void years there and the 2023 cap hit is only $6.6 million. Um, so massive kudos to John Lynch and company for just nailing it on this oh, yeah. one. Uh, and an another signing, uh, I guess we can say real quick. Uh, I mean, they signed Sam Darnold to a one-year contract to come in here and be essentially the third quarterback. We don't exactly know about Brock Purdy. I mean, I, I have an opinion on him. We'll get to that whole Purdy situation soon. I think he is going to be ready for week one, um, and I'll talk about that later on. So essentially, in all intents and purposes, Sam Darnold is your third quarterback. Look, man, their quarterback room is now ages 25, 23, and 22. <laughs> it's, 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 you know, they're, they're setting things up to, to, to be comfortable now. And when you're a Niners fan, the number one position in football we're never comfortable with because we just keep having these issues over the last, you know, three or four years. Um, were you happy with the, with Sam Darnold being the guy they brought in here? Uh, yeah. Um, if you can bring in Sam Darnold as your QB three, mm -hmm. you're doing something right. I mean, the dude was a first round draft pick for whatever reason. I mean, he's got, you know, he's got his flaws, but the way he ended in Carolina, um, he's he was trending in the right direction and he does seem to be repairable. So I think Greasy is a good coach for him mm -hmm. um, mentally and it's his first year, but we all got to, you know, give him some kudos because he he's developing these guys pretty well over there. So I'm mm -hmm. pretty sure that 99.9% .9 of the fan base can tell you that no one wants to see what happened uh, against the Eagles last year with Josh Johnson coming in. Yep. That was just such a, a, you know, such a bitter way to go. So yeah. I'm so excited about it. Awesome. Um, also today, the Niners uh, re-signed Kevin Givens uh, to a one-year, basically fully guaranteed $2 million contract. So as it stands right now, the, the D line for San Fran is Bosa, Armstead, Hargrave, Givens, Ken Law, Drake Jackson, uh, Kalea Davis, and Alex Barrett. Um, I assume the Niners are not done 
with free agency in terms of that defensive uh, tackle or defensive line. Uh, I think they're still going to try to do some things. I mean, as more and more of these players are getting released from teams uh, for contract issues, you know, because, you know, the Rams are, you know, basically dumping their whole team out there for everyone to take. Couldn't happen to a better squad. Um, so uh, do you think they're done? Ron, do you think they're going to start, you know, going after somebody else? You know, as these as they restructure these deals, they're going to get more money to spend. Do you think that's the last splash that we see for a bit, or do you think they're going to keep going? No, and as a matter of fact, I believe they're working something right now as we speak, and I'm pretty sure we both know and got some names in the positions we're alluding to as far mm-hmm. as where they need to make a signing at. Um, yeah. But yeah, to answer your question, I don't think they're done. I think we'll hear, you know, maybe a move being made here in the next couple of days or so. Yeah, and and I, I, that's awesome. I'm excited for that. Um, so before we get into the Trey Lance Brock Purdy discussion, um, Jimmy Garoppolo signed a deal today. Uh, for the last three years, we always felt like this is the last time we see Jimmy Garoppolo, and we just kept seeing Jimmy Garoppolo. <laughs> so it's finally over here. Um, what is your final opinion on the Jimmy Garoppolo era as we just, you know, move away from, from number 10? You know, I got to love hate with Jimmy. Um, I'm kind of torn a little bit, uh, to be honest with you. I'm very appreciative of what Jimmy did for the organization when he was signed. Um, he played a big part in turning it around. We cannot deny that. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the way it kind of ended would ended kind of left a little bit of, of a bitter taste in my mouth. Um, I kind of mm-hmm. felt like he went rogue a little bit at the end there. Yes. Um, and you know, as much as we talk about how classy he was, I don't necessarily agree that he was a hundred percent classy a hundred percent of the time. I agree. And I had some questions about him. Um, but I'm going to leave it at that. So, you know, I'm kind of split and I hope I wish him the best. Um, I do wish him the best and we'll finally now get to know if Jimmy can succeed on his own, you know, back with McDaniels, the guy Mm -hmm. who probably originally drafted him. So we'll get a lot of answer, a lot of questions answered here this year with uh, Jimmy in, in Las Vegas. Yeah. You'll see what it's like for a quarterback, a system quarterback like Jimmy to be out of that, that webbing of Kyle Shanahan's, you know, brain. Um, and you know, the team that's a that was always around Jimmy. Um, I'm just so burned up that we didn't get a Super Bowl out of that era with the team that they that we've had over the last few years. But I think it's coming and I think it's gonna be, you know, very, very soon. And, you know, I don't want to, you know, count my chickens before they hatch or anything. But you know, look, the fact that now the quarterback room includes Sam Darnold, I mean, look, he went four and two with the Panthers to end the season last year, they were three and eight before he took over as quarterback. And during that time, he had seven touchdowns, three picks with a 92.6 quarterback rating. That's not too darn bad to be the third quarterback in your room, man. Um, Are you look, I've been looking at it on Twitter. I'm not sure if you fell down the rabbit hole today, looking once they signed Darnold, because like anything, you get a couple of knuckleheads who go online and say, well, there's our number one quarterback. Can we kind of you and I sit here and be like, look, everyone faithful, calm down. This dude is coming in as the number three, because I'm assuming the fact that they brought in Sam Darnold tells me that that franchise is comfortable 
knowing that Purdy's going to be back. And if he's not back for a few games, Trey Lance is the guy. This is strictly that emergency QB three. If God forbid anything happens to the top two, are we okay saying to the faithful, relax, Sam Darnold as of today will not be the starting quarterback. A hundred percent. Yeah. A hundred percent. I mean, I agree on all points. I personally believe every team should carry three quarterbacks. Um, You know, I think that's just the way it should go. Uh, If teams are smart, they probably should be learning from our situation uh, last season. And I don't, I really don't think this is an indictment on Trey Lance. Um, I think uh, the type of culture that Kyle and John, um, you know, have created with the 49ers, it definitely is not going to be any type of indictment on Trey Lance. And it's unfortunate that fans think that way. Um, You know, there's a lot of influence out there who influence that thought process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and that's really what it comes down to sometimes. But no, rest assured. Sam Darnold is strictly here as an insurance policy for these two young guys mm-hmm. who are still developing in their young careers. I agree totally. I think that the insurance policy was a, a phenomenal way to put it because that's exactly what it is. Um, and this is what happened with the Niners in that NFC title game. Unfortunately, the precedent now has been set because of the what happened with the Niners. This is going to be the new norm now. You're going to see big names like a Darnold or a Matt Ryan. They're going to be third string quarterbacks. This is what it's going to be. And and I'm I'm glad that's that's where it's going. Um, because like we said, I, I still, oh my God, I'm still burned up about that NFC title game. I, I can't even, I haven't even rewatched the game. And that that, you know, to me, that's that's saying something because I usually watch every game at least twice. So um, so let's kind of dive in now. You know, this has been a whirlwind last three days. On Friday, all 49er fans woke up and they started, you know, proverbially, uh, you know, the proverbial let's pace around our home here because Brock Purdy's getting surgery today and we still have no idea what the inside of that elbow looks like. This could be a six-month surgery, nine months, or a full year. Um, We find out, uh, you know, around 11.30 in the morning, maybe noon, that it was everything that the Niners assumed it was going to be. Um, Dr. Meister went in there and, and did the, the brace surgery, which for those who don't know much about it, I, uh, I, I'm a big baseball guy as well. So that's become a big thing in Major League Baseball. Um, I am a Philadelphia Phillies fan. Their first baseman, Reese Hoskins, about two or three years ago, uh, got the internal brace surgery and only missed about four to six months, and he's been fine ever since. Um, however, it's already been said that this is a very unproven surgery for quarterbacks because surgeons and doctors don't really know how to differentiate between a pitcher throwing a baseball with a brace or a quarterback throwing a football with a brace. So we really don't know what it's going to be. We will find out a lot more on that in three months when he starts, when Purdy starts throwing a football. Um, Ron, what was your mindset going into Monday? I'm sorry, into Friday, were you fully set on, well, look, no matter what happens, Trey Lance is going to be the quarterback one going into week one, or in your brain is, look, um, if everything goes well, Purdy's still the guy. Like, where have you been on this quarterback carousel here? 
So going into Friday, first and foremost, I, I've been a little nervous about it um, for all the reasons you've just pointed out. You know, there's a lot un, that's unknown about the injury itself, yeah. specifically to a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not a doctor by any means, but um, knowing that it's kind of, you know, become a common injury in baseball, it gives me hope mm-hmm. that, you know, doctors are getting better at it. But, yeah. um, you know, I'm an optimist. I'm very optimistic. I did feel, you know, I honestly thought that it was going to be best case scenario in my gut. Yeah. And Purdy was going to be right back um, in the mix of things before the season started. And it, it's his job to lose at this point. I've mm-hmm. seen enough. I think a lot of the fan base has seen enough. Um, and I think if he's healthy and he's ready to roll, um, he should be the starter. Yeah. Uh, it's not anything or any knock on Trey Lance. Right. I love Trey Lance. I've always been a supporter of Trey Lance. Mm -hmm. Um, If Trey Lance was the better quarterback at the moment, I would be all for Trey Lance being the starter. Mm -hmm. My only specific thing about Trey Lance is I think he needs to develop better as a passer. Okay. Um, And I think that's where um, you see the type of play calling being called for Trey Mm -hmm. is because of the completion percentage. And, you know, I think there's still rawness there versus where Purdy is more of a natural guy, slings, dunks, throws, slants, you name it, he can do it. Plus, he, it's up here, you know, he has it up there. So mm-hmm. and I've been watching Purdy since high school. So to me, this is really not a surprise. Um, but yeah, long way to nature. I'm I'm ready to roll with Purdy. I think Trey needs a little bit more work still. So I'm going to ask you this. And look, I'm not going to mention names of, you know, there's a lot of just great content creators out there that run shows, um, especially some that have been on my show that I watch every single day. And I really hold their opinion very, very high. Um, and I've heard some of these content creators literally go on there and say, it's, it's Trey Lance's job to lose. You know, this is Trey Lance's job. And I, and, and look, I understand where people are coming from when you look at the capital that was given up to get Lance in here. And I get it. I understand but this is the NFL. This is the tippy top of the world here in football. And it's a what have you done for me lately sport and business. Um, why is it we have physical proof now? Well, one, we have proof that Purdy should 98% sure that he's going to recover 100%. We don't know what the arm's going to be like, but nonetheless, he's going to be healthy, assumingly by by week one, the latest, right? Why is there such, I don't want to use the word divide, but why is there this big, um, you know, support for Trey Lance to start as quarterback when we have physical proof and evidence of Brock Purdy coming in here and not only winning seven games in a row to finish out the season and, oh, by the way, being the number one rated passer in the NFL in that period, but the dude won two playoff games as a rookie, the very last pick in the draft, comes in here as a third string and leads this team to dominance, wins two playoff games, gets basically, you know, gets hit out of the, the NFC championship game, doesn't have a chance to continue that story. We have evidence, man, of Brock Purdy being the guy. Why is, is there so many fans and content creators still constantly pushing this Trey Lance narrative that he's the guy, it's his job to lose. If Purdy's healthy, 
there's no question who the quarterback is. Am I wrong? Well, um, I mean, it's a loaded question. So first and foremost, the 49er community has really good content creators. I, yes. I am going to agree. Yep. It's probably one of the best fan bases out there when it comes to content and online presence. Hands down. And there's some great guys doing some really good things within our community. community. So first, I want to just stop and give these guys a shout out. Absolutely. What your take is. Mm-hmm. If you're out there grinding, yep, I applaud you. I respect for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, the second piece to that is, I don't even think that you, you don't necessarily even have to listen to me. You don't have to listen to those guys. Listen to the players. Yeah. Listen to the locker room. Mm-hmm. Listen to the organization. Mm-hmm. That's where you're going to get your answers. Yep. Um, and a lot of the Trey stuff is, and I've been on both. I'm still on both sides. I love Trey Lance. I do. Yep. And people say, stop riding the fence, man. <laughs> well, you know, when you look at things as a coach and you got two quarterbacks that you like, mm-hmm. you don't pledge an allegiance to either one of them. Mm-hmm. You want them to both be successful. And by human nature, we got a lot of guys out there that people watch who have a really good influence on the fan base. And there's a lot of players who feel the same way and, you know, without wanting to mix politics into things, but that's just how it works. People of course. tend to pledge their allegiance to guys because they're either emotionally attached or they can relate, mm-hmm. but the facts don't lie. Yeah. And the facts on this one lie on the side of the locker room, the organization and what you see on the field. That, yeah. It's the eye test, man. And like, I look at it this way and I want to be perfectly clear. And I've said this on the past couple episodes is that I am for, I am on the side of whoever can get the 49ers number six. That's who want, that's the side I'm on. If it is Trey Lance, I am going to support number five, man, until the cows come home, dude. And if it's Brock Purdy, just like it was last year, I will support that until the end of time as well. I am. I don't know why it has to be. And I asked Wayne Breezy this last week when Wayne Breezy was on the show. Shout out to Wayne. He's just a king. Um, yeah, love my man, Wayne. Um, sure. And we were talking about how, you know, again, me being around Philadelphia a few years ago, there was this huge divide within a fan base. If you listen to television and radio around here of if you liked Carson Wentz, you didn't like Nick Foles. If you like Nick Foles, you're not allowed to like Carson Wentz. And unfortunately, I feel like this is the situation that's coming now to San Francisco for no reason whatsoever. And I'm, I'm tired of seeing on, on uh, Twitter and Instagram and, and Facebook groups that, oh, Trey Lance is a bust. Based on what? What are you basing that on? He's had four starts in the NFL. He's 22 years old. You can't just sit there and call some dude a bust who hasn't had an appropriate chance to to show what he is or what he isn't. Um, does he need things to work on? Hands down. 100% agree with you on that, Ron. Um, 22 years old, needs to get a lot of reps, and he's going to get all the reps over the next six months. So that's going to tell us a lot. Brock Purdy comes in, third-string quarterback, looks like, I'm not comparing him, but still, I mean, you you almost were watching Drew Brees out there, you know, with how efficient he was and how he was a game manager um, and how he literally could run anything that was called by Shanahan. Um, if he had to make an audible, 
that was he was able to handle everything. Um, but again, at the end of the day, Ron, why can't we as a fan base just say, look, if Shanahan goes with Lance, we support him until he's not there anymore. If, the, if they go with Brock Purdy, we've already know what we got in Purdy. So let's see him prove that he can keep that job as the number one guy. Why do you think now there's got to be this divide where it's you're either a Trey Lance guy or a Brock Purdy guy instead of I'm a San Francisco 49er guy and I want what's best for the team? Well, I mean, one, again, it's human nature. And two, <laughs> it's probably been in our culture forever. I mean, if yeah. you talk to some old heads. Yep. Uh, oh, oh, I know. A lot <laughs> yes. of years on me. Yeah. They're going to tell you, dude, slow it down, young buck. Yeah. We've been doing this since the beginning of times. <laughs> and um, I don't know. I just, I guess it's become part of being a Niner fan. It was Joe. It was Steve. Mm-hmm. It was Cap. It was Alex. And now <laughs> it seems like it's just comes with the territory. It's either Trey or Brock. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. This is that, th- that this is the last time this is going to happen. We may yeah. be sitting here five years from now and we'll still be having, we'll have the same discussion again with, Probably two other quarterbacks, (laughs) but you're right. You're right. So in this off season, Ron, what is your expectations? What what do you want to see out of Trey Lance this entire off season? I want to see Trey Lance execute the offense the way Purdy does. Okay. And I want him to, to get better at the easy throws. Okay. Um, you know, and you know, with the, the, the quicker release and, you know, in the tight windows and trust his arm more. Okay. Um, I want him to to you know we they drafted him for a reason. Yep. We're all behind him. Mm-hmm. Um, we all know he needs reps, and mm-hmm. we're all rooting for him. My expectations are that he's going to increase that you know completion percentage, and next thing you know, he's going to be rocking and rolling. So my my question to you now is: Let's just say this is all hypothetical. Okay. Brock Purdy comes back; he's ready to play Week One and has a stellar season. Okay. Um, what do you think? Do you think there's a future for Trey Lance in Trey Lance's eyes if Purdy makes it to week one and keeps that job through the entire season? What do you if I know if you're the Niners, you keep Trey Lance unless a huge offer comes through because one, he's on his rookie deal, so he's cheap right now. Um, but if you're Trey Lance and you do all you ha- all you can do this offseason and Purdy who's still going to be in the quarterback room. He's still going to be at the field working with players. He's going to be training with the guys. He's going to be in the same rooms. Um, He's just not going to be able to run, you know, obviously first team drills for four to five months. Um, If you're Trey Lance, man, and the opposite happens, are you going to the Niners and saying, look, this just might not work here. Can you maybe take me to somewhere where it will? Yeah. Yeah, okay. you know, for, so I'm not for crazy. his development, <laughs> for, um, you know, for the sake of Trey Lance and his best interest, I would love to see him get an opportunity somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, I would like to see him as a field general for a you know, field general for an organization, mm-hmm. whether that be us or somewhere else. I want to see what Trey Lance can do on the field for at least two, three seasons. I'm with you, man. That's a great point. Um. So now let's let's kind of uh, wrap this up. Um, I want to ask you, look, 
as of right now, the Niners don't really haven't named a quarterback one for the season, and they still have the second best odds in the NFL to win the Super Bowl next year. One that just shows you how absolutely stacked this team is. Um, in in your opinion, man, who is the starting quarterback week one? Week one. Yep. Um, I am going to go with the scenario that Trey's going to get to start. They're going to be cautious with Purdy, mm-hmm. and then Purdy is going to transition in. By what week? Uh, I'd probably say maybe two or three. Wow. Okay, so that's quick. So I think Purdy will start week one, and I say this. I've been listening to some doctors. Uh, Matt Mayoko, the 49ers talk, had a doctor on um, saying how you know, and I and I did some research as well as well. Look, I'm not a doctor, but I just read, so I can only relay what I read and what I hear is that internal brace recoveries can take four to six months. So realistically, one, he's still working out before these three months. He's still going to be able to work out. Um, and then once he starts getting the throwing a football. It that strength should come back rather quickly. He's 23 years old. You know, what everybody, everybody's anatomy is different and how you recover from things. But you know, if he comes back in three months and you're we're looking at June, July before camp starts, and there's reports that this guy's looking great, then then we're gonna start, there's gonna be talks. What do you like if he's if Here's my question before I get in a long-winded question. So, so I'm just going to hit it. If we get to the third week of the preseason, Ron, and remember, there's a two-week stretch basically before the the opening day from week one to the final preseason game because that fourth game is gone now. So there's a good two-week stretch where the Niners, no team has a game. So when you look at it that way, if they come out and say, by the third week of the preseason, look, Purdy's 100% ready to go, and he he can he can start week one. Do you think Shanahan rolls the dice there and says, all right, he I mean, he's been working with us the past four months anyway. Let's just, he's got two weeks to work with the number ones. Do you think he starts week one? It depends on a couple of things. One, bearing any setbacks. Two, Touché. Depending how Trey Lance does in the offseason. If Trey mm-hmm. Lance gives you, if Shanny feels good about how Trey Lance is doing, I don't see them rushing him. Okay. And I like to side with caution because I am a 49er fan. And when it comes to injuries, setbacks are never out of the equation. But I would like to see them slow it down a little bit and not feel like they're rushing them in. I totally agree with you, man. Um, all right, so before I get out of here, I got two questions for you. I ask my guests this all the time. I didn't ask you this the first time around. How and when did you become a 49ers fan? Um, since I was born, I was born into a Niner family. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm from Arizona. The Cardinals weren't around yet. Mm-hmm. We didn't know the Cardinals existed till like the 90s. So mm-hmm. I didn't have a choice, which was probably a good thing. Yes, good for you. Um, but the first Super Bowl that I remember watching that I can actually remember pieces of, not the entire game, was the Broncos one. The Broncos okay. victory in 89. The first Super Bowl I remember was against the Chargers, but right. I was born into it. Second yeah. question, I already forgot what it was. How, uh, I was like, yeah, how and and why did you become a Niners fan? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that was pretty much it, dude. Yeah. But uh, 
that red and gold, man. I think the yeah. uniforms too. Oh if yeah, I was an influence into it. That the uniforms just, just drew me like a mosquito to a light. <laughs> and people always ask me, you know, because I grew up in the Philadelphia area, how'd you become a 49ers fan? So one, I gotta thank, you know, my my parents. They my dad's a season ticket holder of the Eagles since '94, and he's never once pushed me to be a fan of anyone that he's a fan of. So I'm grateful for that. And I remember in '92 watching a, a, a game, I believe it was on Fox. It was against the Saints. And I remember seeing Rice or Young to Rice. And then I remember just being absolutely hooked from yeah. then on out. Like when yeah. the first football game you really watch, understand you see the Niners throw 41 points up and young to rice three times. Yeah. that You, you try to put something else in front of me. That's going to be more exciting to watch. And the fact that I'm left-handed. So I got to watch Steve young and I'm just like, Oh, he's just like me, just about a thousand times more gifted, but good for him. Like gotta love it. Um, But yeah, it's it. Uh, I just love hearing, how Niner fans became Niner fans. So it's awesome. You know what? You, that, actually, that's a good point. I, I probably missed on that. Jerry was, wa- you know, watching Jerry was. Jerry is my guy man. since like I was yeah. six. I'm going to have to agree with you 100% on that. Jerry, yeah. it's probably yeah. Jerry. Yeah, it has to be Jerry, it man. Be. Um, So my, my last question to you is, what do you got going on? How can we reach you on social media? What do you got coming up? Yeah, man. Thanks for asking, actually. And again, thanks for having me on. So uh, we revamped. We're actually having kind of a, you know, under the radar lounge discussion on uh, Sunday nights. Um, I was actually doing the uh, Niners, uh, that Niner Life podcast last yeah. offseason. So we've decided to just stick to the offseason show. Um, again, it's um, it's called Niners Lounge. We mm-hmm. air it um, on Sundays. It's a clip show. So it doesn't bore people, uh, me and a couple of guys and anybody who wants to jump in and chat with us, uh, Money Mav, Mike from Anaheim and my buddy mm-hmm. TJ, uh, my buddy Drewski, quick shout out to those guys. So mm-hmm. uh, Sunday nights, man, that Niners Lounge, anybody wants to jump in and join us, feel free to do so. Awesome. Where can we find you on Twitter? So you can uh, catch me at uh, Ron E. Niner. That's my Twitter handle. You can and you can uh, catch us on YouTube and we will be streaming on Spotify shortly. Um, that uh, it's Niners Lounge. Uh, that's my handle on YouTube. OK, I will definitely add that in the description on the show. Um, and look, once the season starts, man, I I'm just you know, I'm not sending you a demand, but I'm just saying I'd like to get you on quite often during the regular season so we can chat it up about some game reviews, game previews. Man, I, I think, you know, I love the chemistry that I have with you and, and you're, you know, you're you're an honest fan and I love it. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to hopefully getting you on much more. Hey, man, uh, anytime. You already know. You got it, brother. All right, guys. I hope you guys have a great rest of your week and weekend. And once again, uh, thank you to the faithful for, for sticking with us here. Again, at Gold Rush Pod on Instagram. Um, at Gold Rush Show on Twitter. Uh, just opened that Twitter about two weeks ago. I got to find somebody that could handle my socials. I don't have time for all of this, but um, I'll get that handled. But uh, we'll catch you guys here next week. Uh, thank you guys very much. Next week's show, you guys will hear my uh, conversation with the gold standards, Levin Black. He will be coming on with me. Uh, we're going to have a good conversation there. Looking forward to it. But guess what? This whole thing here. This is dedicated to, to, to Ronnie here. He's the man. So I really appreciate your time. And uh, hope everybody has a great rest of their week and weekend. And we'll catch you guys down the road. Have a good one. Bye-bye.